Welcome to ASI. This is episode 40. Please stay tuned after the interview with Rick and Dan for a message from Russ and Dana Shaw. Hello and welcome to ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode number 40. Yes, 40. There's that ironic number again. Some Irish music I am playing today. Uh, This is the day I die. I had a listener who emailed me a while back and brought up this... uh, I brought up the Van Helsing analogy that me and Dan came up with. Dan and Rick are here with me, my bomb squad crew. Uh, My wife is here. And we're doing this show to end a season. Um... Irish music playing, being William Wallace in the last scene, all the crap that's happened around me. I think that God has called me to tell the truth, to be a truth teller, to put it all out on the table, and that's what I've done. On July 31st, 2006, I told my wife about the 40-plus um, affairs that I've had. Uh, how many encounters, I'm not sure. These are the number of people I guesstimate that I have had sex with over from the years 2001 uh, to 2005. Now, I started the show, or it was November 2005, I started the show uh, claiming a year of porn-free living. That was true. All of that was true. I did not touch pornography for a year a little over a year. That was October. That was tremendously hard for me to do, and I don't want to take anything away from that when I say my last relapse was in August of 2005. This is kind of a new anniversary for me coming up towards the end of August. Um, that was all very important that I was able to kick pornography, and I, and I teeth-grinding nails dug into the, the wood staying away from porn for that year was incredibly hard to do the show, the attitude that I put behind the show has kept me clean until this point one year clean um, in October I'll celebrate one year I haven't masturbated Um, I have broke my wife's heart I have saw her bleeding over the last week over a week I did not want to tell her. I was counseled against telling her. But I just knew that she already knew with her female intuition. And I had to tell her about what happened. And she is the most important. She has been, the marriage has been more important than anything. And I I felt like a liar. I felt like all this stuff. I was putting the show and computers and everything else ahead of my wife. And I had to let her know that she is the most important one, that podcast shows and computers and, you know, football season coming up is not more important than my family. Um, Rick, is, is there anything you wanted to say? Um, I, I, I imagine you were a bit shocked. Well, um, I guess, Russ, it seems like maybe God's put me in a position where I've, I've had to process with several folks now in the last uh, four or five years through infidelity and um, so I guess I was 
glad in a sense to be there for the confession and to be able to, if I can, help you through it. I, and I guess I'm struck by um, the fact that your story is not uncommon where a person feels horrible about infidelity and uh, they come forward either in Christian community or in a counseling setting and the advice is what you got, which is don't tell. And specifically, I, I've noticed the common thread is that often it's said that the telling is selfish. Right. And that was what was told to That's me. That's what right. I was told, yes. And that you're, you're the second person that, that I've talked to who has uh, had infidelity in their life and that's and it confessed it to a private party and that was the counsel. Right. So um, I guess there's some debate about that. I think I'm sure that there is in the counseling community, but I know my experience, I think Dan would concur with this, is that um, what happens in a situation like that, it goes underground and it comes up in the relationship in other ways. And so it's like it can't be completely submerged. So on one hand, we may say that, well, to confess it uh, immediately is somehow therapeutic for the offender, but it's just a bomb going off in the life of the person who's offended against. Uh, yes, that's certainly true. Um, and so while the offender says, okay, I've processed my internal junk, I'm ready to confess, it's the beginning of the nightmare for right. the other person. And that is true. All that's true. But the alternative is that the offender goes underground, um, maybe doesn't get the help that they need fully. And I think you're a good example of that, Russ. Is there you were coming clean about the porn and all that was out on the table and therefore that was getting dealt with. And the one thing that wasn't was the other thing, the sexual exploits outside right. the marriage. So um, without... It's just, it's, I just believe there's a biblical principle here that things, when they come into the light, then that's when they can begin uh, to be dealt with. And that can be the beginning, I guess, the first day of the rest of your life, you know, and the first day of, of the first chance your marriage has a chance to be as real as it can be. Right. So, um, like you said, Dana already knew. She didn't know, but it, her intuition was spying it. And so trying to keep this down, I, I, the analogy I always give is just trying to keep this down is like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Right. And that's an awful lot of work. Yeah. And so while you're holding it underwater, yeah, Dana may be blissfully ignorant a little bit. You're certainly not. You're holding the guilt all inside, and you're trying to keep the plate spinning kind of thing, but it's coming out in other ways, and Dana knows it. Mm -hmm. It's maybe coming out in detachment, or I can't be fully intimate with you. And it was affecting the marriage, whether you were confessing it or not. Right. And so the my counsel has always been that true authenticity is required for one flesh intimacy. Right. And if that's the goal of a Christian marriage. And getting it into the emergency room and getting it yeah, on the table, the faster, yep. the better. I was told um, also that I'm trying to commit relationship suicide when I wanted mm. to tell her, you know, you're just going to destroy your marriage. You know, you do this. It's a way of you ending it. Yeah. And I think that's true to a certain extent. Some guys can do that. I still believe that there should be community. Um, Dan and I spoke before Dana went to California about this. And it was still a good idea to maybe wait until after she got back to tell her this. And she agrees with that. Um, I've always known that I would have to tell her someday. Even with Bob telling me, even with doing the show... I knew I was going to have to tell Dana someday from the first time I did it. From the first guilt wave 
like a spike stuck through my heart, I knew what happened to someday. And, well, Dan, talk about that for a little bit, because I think that's critical. So the other side of this is, yes, confession got to be made, or else the marriage can never be healthy. Right. Um, and, yes, it may not survive the confession. Those are That's the risk. That's why that's, we pull that. That's right? what's called being vulnerable. Yeah. So Dan taught me. But the other side is, it shouldn't just be randomly done. Right. The confession shouldn't just take place in a unsupervised environment. And wasn't that, I think that was helpful. I, Dana's here, I, I think she would nod her head at the fact that it, it needs to come out in its best context as possible, and that requires you know a little strategy. And I can talk about another relationship where that came into play. But wasn't that important? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's very important. Um, the, the fact is, and Rick alluded to this, is this is not about uh, whether your marriage makes it or not. This is about being a truth teller. And the fact is, for years, you're lying to your wife. Right. And she knew it. She didn't know why the beach ball, you know. I think about it like trying to hold ping pong balls underwater. Because you look really busy (laughs) trying to hold them all down. And the fact is, while you're over here holding these down, they're popping up somewhere else. Like the show. I think, uh, and I don't know if you want to use your own words or not, Dana, but um, there was a strong sense that even the show itself, somehow there was a power behind it that wasn't commensurate. Was there guilt? Does that make sense? That, that that because you couldn't be honest about these affairs, it and it was internalized, it became power that went into something new. Right. Because you can't get it out in the open. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this show. I'm gonna do this right. And that doesn't make it bad or wrong. It's just there's a there's a certain kind of horsepower behind it now, and and it starts to guess what take you away from your wife again. Right. Another other woman. Another other woman. And we've talked about this, and in my ministry life, when I began ministry, uh, my wife and I, for a couple of years, we referred to our church here, where we go to church, Allen Creek, as the other woman. Because it competed for her attention. No different than pornography or heroin. Or football. Or football. Yeah, or basketball. Or, you know, work. Yeah, and, and you know what, you're... A loving spouse knows when they're in competition. Right. They know when there's something else that's competing for your heart. And and Dana knew that. And so, yeah, so the conundrum, if you will, is you find yourself in a place where in order to save your marriage, you do what? You continue to lie. I'm sorry, that's that does not line up with the teaching of Jesus Christ. It just doesn't. So what we what we find out is, and this is what Rick has said earlier, your marriage is a very high part priority. But it's not the highest. Because if it, it becomes abusive, and I think this is this is a word that I'm using very deliberately. Uh-huh. When in order to preserve the marriage, you will lie. Right. Then it's not a marriage. You can't have both. Uh-huh. You know, you can't have a lie it's 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 an oxymoron. You can't have a marriage built on lies. That's not a marriage. Right. And so not only are you gonna lose what you desired through the behavior, but you're going to lose your marriage. The only hope for the marriage is truth-telling. That's it. That's the only way. Otherwise, you're going to have a a, a fake, hollow marriage all the way through, or it's going to die. (coughs) Those are the only two possibilities. So, it's like in in Washington State, their motto for the lottery is, odds are 12.5 million if you play, a lot higher if you don't. 
And so the odds against your marriage, if you confess, are really high. But they're a lot higher if you don't ever confess. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. And um, and so that confession carries huge risk, and you embraced it. And that's why when, when you did it, I patted you on the back, and I said, I'm proud of you. I know you're feeling real low, because the worst of you came out that day. But... Um, but you, you embraced what I know you were terrified of, which is because of your deep love for Dana, and I know it was, it's, and probably still will for a long time be hard for her to see it through all of this. But because of your love for Dana, that was the huge fear in your soul. But you embraced it for the sake of true intimacy with her, because what you were living wasn't true intimacy. And but like, and this gets back a little bit to your other comment, Russ, which is it, it, the other side of this is it shouldn't just be done, should be done, but shouldn't be done randomly, yeah. haphazardly. Right. And so you have been teaching for a year about the bomb squad. You know, I've been listening to your shows, and uh, now, wow, did you have a chance to put some of that into play? <laughs> I mean, right. some serious wheels got put on that teaching, and um, I was proud of you for that too. Uh, because, um, oh, I mean, you know, you can imagine that bomb going off, and it's just you and Dana, and it's, wow. She's overwhelmed with the knowledge that's being thrown at her. I mean, it's just, it's more than a human being can take. And um, we got to observe just the, it was traumatic. And then there you are feeling the need maybe to defend yourself after the confession comes out because she's going maybe the worst possible thoughts about herself and about you. And uh, and then the potential if it was just the two of you to go really sideways is great. And so it was good, I think, to have Dan in the room. Dan just did a great job, I thought, helping Dana to um, just see, give her some handholds because it was, I, I could just see, and it will be not just one time deal. I'm sure that we'll have many moments like that where you'll just want some handholds to feel like you're not falling, you know, not slipping. Um, and I think someone else besides you, Russ, providing those was critical. Right. Because I don't think Dana wants you to give her handholds or didn't on that day for right. sure. You know, don't help me. Yeah. <laughs> don't help me. Stop helping. <laughs> you know, will be her attitude for a while until, like we said, that trust is built and it will be built one small brick at a time. You cannot, and that will be the hard thing maybe for you, Russ, is in the aftermath of this, you'll want to build it back really quick because you'll say, look, babe, I'm done. I've been done with this for months and months and months. I mean, and so like, yeah, bully for you. You're you're on the back end of nine months of this and twelve months no porn and and you know masturbation's been licked and all that kind of stuff. But Dana, it's fresh, baby. I mean, it's brand new. So your patience level has got to be enormous at this point just to help her assimilate the the knowledge that's been thrown at her. And I, this was similar in my own marriage when John and I went through some struggles and I, I was uh, not a truth teller in our marriage too. And when I started to become one, I was on the back end of a long process of God healing me. And then it's like when I come out in the clear, I say, hey babe, I'm fixed, I'm good. I mean, we're, we are in the clear. And she's just going, hold on. This is Wait a minute, we were in danger? Wait a minute, yeah. we, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You mean the Titanic was sinking? Yeah, yeah, it was two months ago, but now it's fine. I got it all passed up now. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're sailing. Oh, you I can just what? imagine, you know. So, I, and that was my problem, was I was truly where I thought I was, and I think you're where you think you are, which is I've never been healthier. 
You know, I've never been spiritually more alive, more in touch with the forgiveness of God, more in, in tune with my calling for my life. You're better than ever, right? And I was there too. I think that was true of me. But what I was not seeing was that I needed to back off the gas and just let my wife process this new reality I was bringing her into where we had changed the dance steps and Rick, her husband, was now going to be a pretty aggressive truth teller and that changed everything and that upset her apple cart right. and it will be that way for Dana for a while but a brand new pattern can be established that will be healthy in a, and you know the long term picture is good the short term picture will be difficult right and I, I think it's worth saying there's two things. Uh, you talk about the way it happened, and Russ committed to being a truth teller several weeks before the actual confession happened, and he began that. And if I can talk about, we, we talked about this, you know, where you began to feel the compo- I, I need to get this out. I need to tell her, and you let me know, and I said, oh wow, it was a shock to hear all this was going on, and uh, or had gone on. And the first thing we have to go is, well, you've got to be a truth teller. That's just basic. So, now, how do we tell the truth? First thing Jesus teaches is you do it in love. So that means you, you don't, in, in, in this case, you do not do it alone. You do it in a community. You think about what the other person needs, not what you need. How is this confession going to suit? This needed to be something that was tailored for Dana, not for you, and not for the church, and not for somebody else's wife, but for Dana. Right. And uh, and you began answering her queries honestly. I recall yeah. one one quite one discussion you told me about uh, was she asked for some transparency from you, and you just didn't feel like that was the moment that you could let it all out. And you asked her, "Why do you want to know?" Right. Which was a an open a kind of an opening thing. You began to lay the groundwork, and then. You know, finally the moment came, but we moved hard toward it, and I think you'd agree. I was right behind you, you know, one step behind you with my hand in your back, <laughs> making right. sure you continued to move in that direction. But it wasn't going to be we're just going to pull the ripcord on this one, right. because I think, um, and this is the other thing I was thinking of as Rick was speaking, that while you may be in the best place you've ever been, you got a ways to go. I do. That's right. And and I think your wife sees that. And, I mean, she's going to be the one who does see it. And I, I like, this was actually a metaphor Rick used um, some time ago when I was going through my own junk. Well, we're just a great group here together. <laughs> um, uh, and that was, you know, you're, you're, you're ill, you're sick. There's something wrong in you, and then finally you vomit. Right. And, man, do you feel better after you throw up. And then you turn around and you look, and you just puked all over your wife. Right. Now you feel great. Right. She's covered in your waist. Right. And I feel to a certain extent, and I would like, like um, people to email Rick or Dan about this, I feel to a certain extent that I've done that with my wife for years because I wasn't emotionally available. I was a, a temperamental jerk. I was loud, obnoxious, the party guy, the, the, the look at me. Um and I've also believed that I've done that possibly to some of the listeners. I started the show as as kind of I talked about with you guys the, the Danny Bonaducci analogy with uh, you know my life has been a car accident and you can slow down listen to the show and, and watch the car accident. I've given advice 
I've uh, talked about what it took for me to get through that year of pornography, but I didn't talk tell everybody about this, and I know that there's people who are going to be very disappointed. Um, they may be angry. They may understand. Uh, they may just want more. I don't know. But uh, I am going to close the curtain for a little while. I'm going to take a hiatus from this show. And because, like you said, Dan, this, this, this is my life. This is not a show. You know, part of me started this show, and I, and I started talking. A lot of the talking I did was to myself. I didn't realize that this was going to be this popular. I didn't know I would have thousands of people listening to this show. I didn't know I would get hundreds of emails over the, the months that I've been doing this. Um, I had no idea how big of a problem that this is and, and, and how many people would actually listen to a sinner like myself. Um, so in that, I want to apologize to everybody listening now. Um, saying I'm sorry is not even enough to tell my wife sitting next to me. But I will stop this show for a while because my, my marriage is more important than this show and I, would, I will slam on the brakes on everything. Um, these two guys here, I am the type of person who has bucked authority all my life. I've been in and out of jail a couple times. I don't know if I've gone into a lot of my, my discretions as, as a, a person who's hated authority. And basically that has to do with uh, who loves me, you know? Uh, and maybe that was just a, a thing, who loves me? Does anybody care? Does anybody give a shit? I'm going to be a firework and just live my life like that. That's not healthy. That's not love. It's not what Jesus taught. And you guys, being the body of Christ for me, holding me up, when I thought nobody gave a shit about who I was, I think it's powerful, and, and I, I trust you guys. And I submit myself to two men who I'm going to say I, I know more than I do about this type of thing, about spirituality, about God, about relationships. And that's why I'm going to take a, a hiatus for a while. Um, you can trust these guys. Rick has been my spiritual mentor for a while. Rick is a guy who I would come up and say, you know, Jesus is full of crap. The Bible is stupid. Come on, Rick. You expect me to believe all this? I could, I could say to this guy these questions. You're the first guy who would say that and not throw my ass out of church. <laughs> you know, most of the other pastors and stuff I talk with, they, would, I mean, they'd be shocked I said something like that. Dan um, is another guy in recovery. He has struggled with pornography for a while. Dan, you are on a journey like like myself and a lot of listeners listening now. Yeah, I, you know, I also recovered from chemical addiction, from methamphetamine. Right. And I've been clean from that for 14 years. I've been clean from tobacco use for 12 us addicts seem to just pile it on, don't they? You yeah. bet. So, so I could really run down a grocery list right. of things that I've been clean, and I would have to keep a really thick calendar with lots of dates right. of particular behaviors that I'm clean from. And what it comes down to is my heart condition at any given moment. And that's where I, I, I'm excited about not just your journey, but Dana's journey, your journey together, about starting to live a life that's no longer 
functioning on this economy of what you do and then what you get from it. And whether you get a charge out of this and whether one particular day Dana makes you feel loved enough so you don't feel like you need this, whatever this is. And when that day will come when where you are filled is from your Heavenly Father, where you know who you are, where Dana is filled from her Heavenly Father, and where your children, you know, and I mean, if everybody did that, well, I guess that's what they call heaven. Right. We'll get there someday. So, you know, my recovery process has been this journey of starting to move farther away from monitoring behavior and monitoring my heart condition, monitoring how, where I'm getting my value, um, trying to be as self-aware as I can about why I'm choosing the things I'm choosing, the words that are coming out of my mouth, where I'm going for my value. And I would, I guess if I had to put a date on it, I would say it's been about three years that I have been fervently, daily, looking to God and God alone to fill me. Now, there have been countless failures in those three years where I have not looked to Him and I've looked to my wife. I've looked to my children. I've looked to Rick. I've looked to you. Dude, there have been times I have sat in my office and I've prayed for you. I've prayed for Dana. And there's a little voice in me that wants to hitch my wagon to ASI. And I want to just kind of quietly say, well, you know, I'm the guy that mentored Russ. <laughs> you know, what's that? That's the same guy that used to snort meth up his nose. Right. He used to look at stuff he wasn't supposed to, that slept with women he wasn't married to. That denied. It's the same guy. Right. So really, isn't that where all my efforts should be put at trying to figure out how do I get over that rather than defeating one particular behavior? Exactly. And I think that's a place where, if I can be real honest about your journey, where you've gone from chemical to chemical to relationship to sex, and maybe they've all overlapped at times. Gambling, you name it. Gambling. Lay it out there. <laughs> yeah. Open up an AA phone book. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them all. Man. You got the twelve step. Nancy, yes. that's right. right. Anger management. Yeah, and my new one. And so when Rick talks about you know this moment of confession, when finally all of you is out, that's the first day of real life. Right. Because now there's no kind of behavior to hide behind. And I, I think that's the most that's the most critical thing. And I think it's worth saying too, as you as you talk about the show going on hiatus, that you know I just kind of want to uh, say a little bit more that we're we're asking you to do this as your pastors. Right. This is your church family doing it. Right. And we're we're asking you to do this for your listeners, so that they have a healthy rust someday. Right. Uh, somebody not not that any of the individual advice or words that you've spoken are wrong or corrupt, or that Satan's been in control of this, that's all baloney. Right. None of those things are true. You've done great work, and the Holy Spirit has used you. And we stand behind all the work you've done. But in order for you to be... You know, Jesus left every once in a while. And he'd go off with just he and his Father, and he would heal, and he would he would pray. And, you know, there's this, there's this going and coming rhythm in ministry. And if there was ever a time for you to withdraw... It's now. Right. And we're going to trust God with that. And we're asking you to do this. And Russ has uh, obediently said, yes, he'll do this. This is something that Dana endorses too. Your children need you right now. And if you're going to be the best minister, the best pastor, 
ASI guy that you can be, this is the path to it. Right. And uh, I, I, I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, I think it's going to result in a phenomenal ministry somewhere down the road that Dana can stand fully behind. And, you know, I, I, just, I just need to talk about Dana for a minute and how courageous she's been. And for these listeners who have only heard Russ's voice, what you don't know is that there is a voice behind him through this whole thing who even up until this day in a phone conversation I had with her yesterday is expressing a vote of confidence in her man and how much she appreciates and endorses his work. And and she's still here. And uh, there's not many people who would do what you're doing, Dana. And when we walked into my office that day a week ago, uh, I think all of us were ready for you to just pull the ripcord and nobody would have blamed you. We may not have endorsed it. We may have, in one way or another, tried to talk you back off the edge. And you know what? The day may come when we have to. Because we're not through this yet. But I just want to say, Russ, I don't want to steal the show here. I, I, I just, you're my hero. You are as big a part of, if anybody's ever received a blessing from this ministry, it's because you've been here. And they've never heard your voice. Mm, yeah. A couple times, but yes, you. She is my been my inspiration. She's been the reason I've fought, and I will say it again that if she wouldn't have kicked and fought and freaked out when she found the pornography, I don't think we'd be here today. I I don't know where we would be. I thank God that my wife would not tolerate my sinful behavior. I thank God for that. She has kept me afloat, and I've talked about that before, but uh, emails will go to Dan and Rick. I know, Rick, you, you are a senior pastor here, very busy guy, but you have handled a few emails from a few listeners, and if, if, if there's anyone who wants to email during my hiatus, go to either one of these two guys who I, I hand you to them with full confidence um, in, in their abilities. I am ending season one of ASI here today and I, uh, I pray that you stick with it. You uh, keep working. You keep fighting. You never ever quit. I am not quitting here today. This is not a quitting ending to this story. I am not a quitter. I will get up and I will fight. I might feel like a rat backed in a corner sometimes, but I will. I will get up and fight. And I will keep getting up. I will never give up. I love this woman tremendously. And I love her enough to have told her the truth. As hurtful as that is. I pray you guys do that. Some way. Somehow. After you end this recording... Do something. Take some kind of step towards healing. Until next time, undisclosed date. Keep uh, subscribed to the ASI show if you could. Keep me on your subscriber list. I will be returning someday. I don't know when. 
but it will be a healthier Russ Shaw that you will be hearing from. I promise you that. The email, wait a minute. Your email address is danh at ac3.org. And Rick? Rick T, R I C K T, at ac3.org. And again, uh, these guys are fairly busy, but don't hesitate to email them, especially if you have any kind of a question, any kind of problem. Uh, Michelle is still available. Uh, I will get her email fixed. M at digitalaudioproject.com for any ladies dealing with this issue. Hi, this is Dana Shaw, Russ's wife, and I just had a couple things that I wanted to add to the end of this show. I just wanted to um, add a little couple things here that I felt I wanted to say to all Russ's listeners, and I just wanted to say... Um, I know that all you listeners out there of Russ's have wanted to hear a little about my struggle through all of the pain I have being married to someone who has not dealt with their hurt. And um, I'm just not there yet to... I'm, I am a totally open, honest person and like to talk and everyone knows things about me, but just right now for his listeners, I'm just not there to talk about that. I'm kind of that shy not quiet, but I'm shy. <laughs> but um, anyways, so I just want to let you guys know that I do love my husband and I want to work on our marriage and do want him someday to come back when we are back in an intimate and healthy marriage. Um, I also wanted to let his listeners know that I fully back up all his shows and that it was coming through his truth-telling heart. And one other thing I guess I want to add is um, I really... I uh, strongly encourage all of you listeners to seek help from Rick and Dan through email. They are a safe place to talk. And I know you guys will miss Russ in the time being. And um, I really encourage that. They are really good people. I'm also praying for you to have the courage to get help and be truth tellers like Russ has become. And I guess in that note, maybe I'll say a little thing like Russ always says. And that is, I guess, until next time. Until next Bye. Time. That was my wife, my love, the love of my life, Dana. I hope you're not too disappointed in me for um, disconnecting the show for a little bit. Uh, I my, my marriage is priority number one. I'm going to play a song for you. Uh, actually, it was performed by Johnny Cash before he died. It was written by Trent Reznor. The song is about heroin addiction. But I think the point of the song is that we hurt people. If you're in a relationship with someone, you're going to hurt them. If you're so tied up in your stuff that you need to have pain in your life to feel something, whatever it is, heroin addiction, porn addiction, your job, shopping, uh, whatever it is that takes you away from your family. The last line in this song says, If I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself. I would find a way. This show for me was a million miles away from my porn use. It was a million miles away from my uh, 
porn addict, sex addict guy. I was talking against myself, my porn addict self. But the fact was, I did move a million miles away, and I did keep myself putting my wife behind me, make, not making her important, feel important, whether it was a show, whether it was being on the computer too long, whether it was stuff at church. What I did was I made her hurt. I made her hurt. And I have to deal with that now. I think the point of this song is that we make people hurt. We have to acknowledge that. You are broken. I am broken. When we can get off of ourselves, when we can move away from ourselves and focus on them and focus on our relationships and the stuff that's really important in life, those relationships with people, but first, it starts with your family. I heard it say, any good minister is a good father. When they Back in the ancient times, when they were looking for deacons and priests and clergy for different religious groups, they would ask, the good ones, the healthy ones, would ask, what kind of father is he? What kind of husband is he? How good is he with his relationships and his family first? Does he make people hurt that are closest to him? You have a choice. Until next time, with a heavy heart, and uh, thanks for my wife and my church and, and the people in my life that have been like Jesus. Life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to that. Bye. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away In the air And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down Of thorns 
upon my liar's chair Full of broken thoughts I cannot repair Beneath the stains of time The feelings disappear You are someone else I am still right here What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down